Welcome to What the Fantasy, episode 17. I am Brandon Hay at HayB3. What's going on, everybody? I miss you guys. My name is Zada Kantzbedian. I'm a Zcants FF. I'm happy to be back. Brandon, it's so good to see your smiling face again, man. How are you, dude? I'm great. It's so great to see you, too. I see you're rocking the stash, and I love it. I don't know. I don't know what compelled me. I just, uh, I just, I guess, you know, I'm getting to that age now and that time of life where, uh, I don't know, I, I, I guess I kind of wanted to – I got jealous of everybody having, like, must, the mustaches in November, but I didn't want to be, like, part of, like, the hype, so I just decided to be post-hype, post-hype mustache man. Uh, I love it. I, I really do. So, uh, so yeah, so how was your Thanksgiving? Did you stay in town, or what did you do? Yeah, it stayed very, very local. Barely, I barely took 10 steps outside of my house. That's how local I was. Uh, <clears throat> I stayed with my, my fiancé, uh, cooked. I helped my fiance meal prep and uh, my dad came up and he brought us a beautiful orchid flower and a delicious uh, fruit tart from Whole Foods. And uh, we, my dad and I only got one piece each and my girlfriend, my fiance took both pieces and I wasn't too happy about it. Uh, but it was a wonderful, wonderful Thanksgiving. Got to watch all the games. I watched every minute of the morning game and uh, yeah, it was, it was a uh, watch all the games. It was, it was a beautiful Thanksgiving, man. How about yours? Yeah, same. You know, we stayed in town. Um, uh, me and my wife, actually, you know, uh, I had, you know, Wednesday, Friday and Friday off. Well, obviously Thanksgiving. So um, I I went over to my parents' house with my wife and, you know, we had a nice Thanksgiving, watched football, ate lots of food. The other days, me and my wife went out a lot, you know, just, just drank a lot, celebrated Thanksgiving to the fullest. Um, we saw a couple fights at, at one of the bars we went to. Um, this one lady brought her underage daughters and started giving them alcohol so the, obviously the bar found out Ooh. escorted her out you know like they should you know the 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 guy just escorted her out then she started yelling you know in spanish at at this at the at the guy and then started flicking him off and then like did it like right in his face and like poked him in the eye so she he kind of like you know kind of not shoved but kind of like just pushed her away and all this started, and then she came back in saying she was going to sue and all this stuff. Oh, it was insane. And that was the night before Thanksgiving. So that wow. was a that was a that was a good start to the good start to the whole whole uh, Thanksgiving festivities. So um, you know, it was a it was a fun weekend. And um, I know this is a NFL you know uh, podcast, but I know we're and I'm going to talk a little bit of college you know uh, later in the show, but. I can't go without saying a big, uh, big Michigan fan. They played Ohio State this week. They finally beat them, so it was one of my uh, best weekends. So for anyone that is a Buckeye listening, uh, I can just say suck it. I know you guys have beat a bunch, but for one year, I get to celebrate. So before we moved on, I could not go without saying that. That that was by chance. That was the only game, and I got. I, I can honestly say I don't follow. Uh, college football as closely as you do i really don't follow it at all even though i really do like to watch it but that was the only game i watched th- th- this week i rewatched the entire thing at like 12 30 or one o'clock in the morning my time i watched every single play and every single snap um i'd like to know your thoughts about cj stroud later on in the show if you, if what do you think about him as a prospect going going forward Definitely. I, I don't know yeah i have an opinion on it we'll share it later anyways yeah so yeah that and then I know before the show we kind of talked 
um, how we both um, in our home leagues are doing horrible. Um, me especially, um, and I mentioned this to you, they started this last year. Whoever finishes in last has to do like a penalty or something. So last year it was the Waffle House Challenge. Um, have you heard of that? That sounds amazing. So you have – so. You go to Waffle House, you have to either stay there 24 hours or for every waffle you eat, you can subtract an hour. So um, the guy that did it went about it horribly wrong, um, tried to eat a bunch of pan- bunch of waffles like right away. And then he pretty much like gave up after three hours. And then they told him, you know, if he could, if you would just stay there and eat two more, then, you know, we call it a draw or whatever. And he said that he ended up paying everyone's entry fee just to get out of it. What? So yeah, I know it's crazy. It was, it was a whole thing. So I'm, um, I'm one game out of last place. Everyone else is above me and this other guy And this year. There's talks about making the loser go through like the combine, like running in your, in your like shorts and everything and doing all that. Um, because one of our friends works for the Jaguars foundation. So he said he might be able to get one of the, you know, little side fields where we could, do that that sounds fun so, actually that actually yeah. sounds fun that is a, so, dude the, the waffle house also sounds fun too and i think i'd approach the waffle house as i probably like fast for like the first half and then as as i got really hungry through the first uh first duration of it the first part portion of it i think i'd start eating my way uh through the second half and start chopping off whatever remaining hours i had left so like if i was hungry like after 10 hours of not eating or like 12 hours of not eating just fasting really hard just like just kill like six or eight waffles off the bat and then just have like have like two more hours to go or something like that. If, if I know the math is not exact. Also, um, I would love to have a waffle house next to my house. I never I've never been to a waffle house. I, I, I imagine I'd kill a bunch of waffles. I was going to say something else. I forgot. Um, is there not waffle houses out there? There is no waffle houses. Next oh, to my wow. House. Is that like a yeah. southern thing? I think so. I think it's just the East Coast thing. I mean, you guys just have better food on that side of the state. <laughs> we don't have any variety. We have just – we don't have anything. We have the same thing up and down the coast, you know? Yeah, so, so – Okay, so my league uh, – I'll tell you what's going on in my league. All right. Uh, I'm not going to, like, complain or make excuses. I'm going to complain, but I'm not going to make excuses. Uh, it's just been, like, really injury-riddled year. Um, it's just been really bad luck. Uh, I – it's just it's just been one of those years where it's just been bad luck. Like your team's st- stack. Like last week, I had last week I had a, a outstanding team. I had Jalen Hurts as my quarterback. I had AJ Dillon. No, I had Antonio Gibson, uh, Nick Chubb, and Darrell Henderson as my running backs. I had Jamar Chase, Darren Waller, and Justin Jefferson, and I was like the second lowest scoring team. So it's been that kind of year, you know, where you have an amazing team, but it's just been. You know, it's just not the, the the weeks haven't you haven't been getting the matchups, right? You haven't been playing against the teams that you need to be playing against. You're either getting stacked up on or you're underscoring severely. And then, you know, with some injuries compounding and adding insult to injury, it's just been a really turbulent year. If I lose this week, I'm out. It's okay. You know, I'll get to I'll get to finally draft in the first, you know, top two or three picks. Or maybe first pick if I get last place. So that's been my year. Yeah, definitely. Uh, just quickly before I move on, yeah, my team, like when I when I drafted it, because it's this is actually a keeper league. You get to keep three players. So my keepers were AJ Brown, Kyler Murray, and CMC. 
Okay. Yeah. That's um, terrible. Yeah. So devastating. yeah. Injury riddled, you know, and then I had, I, I drafted Tua and, you know, he's been injured and it's, you know, if you look at, if you, before the season, if you looked at all the players, you'd be like, Oh, this is a dynamite team and it's just gone to shit. So uh, yeah. let's not talk about this, this anymore. So let's okay. move on. And I figured since, we haven't uh, been together in a couple of weeks. We could just um, talk about some NFL type reactions that we kind of have. Um, and I'll start, you know, the, the, the LA Rams, they keep on adding all these pieces, giving away draft picks because they can't draft. They always draft horribly, which I somewhat understand, but they keep on adding these, these veterans that are, you know, kind of over the prime mostly. And it just doesn't seem to be working. They look bad. You know, they, they, they are, they, I think they've lost three or four straight. Um, they just don't look like, you know, Stafford isn't playing well. Um, so, you know, I thought with all these uh, moves they made, you know, even before OBJ and uh, Vaughn Miller, you know, they would go to the Super Bowl. But right now, I wouldn't put my money on them getting there. Mm-mm. No, and they seem like they stagnated. It seems like kind of like uh, McVay's offense has grown stale and that people have completely figured it out. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if he's creating any new kind of schemes or offensive philosophies, but uh, Stafford seems like he's sputtering. Like he's just like, he's not all there. He just, I don't know. He looks kind of like Cam Newton esque the way Cam Newton looked against the dolphins last week. Like I'm not saying like Stafford's completely done, but he's just kind of giving off that vibe. So yeah, I get what you're saying with the Rams. I totally agree with you. My first uh, takeaway is that the NFC East isn't as close as people perceive it to be. I think that um, you know the the first of all, let me start with the, with the Dallas Cowboys. They are somewhat of a bipolar team. They are not consistent, and they don't live up to their talent that they have on both sides of the ball. They should. They have a, actually. I, I think their defense is better. Uh, is a better unit of uh, of the uh, two sides of the ball. I think the offense is very inconsistent. I know that they've had injuries, but they still have so much talent. Even after the fact of the injuries, like they've had Amari Cooper out, and they've like, it's like okay, we have Michael Gallup and Ceedee Lamb. Tony Pollard, uh, we've had Jarwin, we got Zeke. You know, I don't have to name the names. We all know the name. We all know the names. They should be winning way more games, and they should be up on in that division a lot more. Seven, they have a seven. Uh, they're seven and five in that division. They have a two game lead above the uh, Washington Football Team, and I believe the uh, Philadelphia Eagles are five and seven now as well. Phil, uh, the Eagles hit a speed bump last week. I don't know what happened. I think Jordan. I think Jordan Howard is much more integral to that team that people are actually giving him credit for. They think that. Miles Sanders can do what Jordan Howard can. And I don't agree with that notion. I don't think Miles Sanders can do what Jordan Howard can. Jordan, Jordan Howard is a special type of back that's between the tackles. Jordan Howard came onto the scene for the Eagles and helped them actualize the run game. Helped Nick Sirianni fall in love with running the ball again. right? And then, lo and behold, he's gone and you can't pull it off. It's not going to work. Jordan Howard against the, against the Giants would have been able to move the ball down the field in tandem with Boston Scott. Miles Sanders comes in. They try to use him the same way that Jordan Howard does. Ankle sprain. Again, you can't use Miles Sanders like that. He's not that type of guy. Maybe he was that type of guy before college, but now he isn't that type of guy. He's sustained too many injuries in the three or four years he's been playing. Um, The Washington football team, uh, Heineke is getting it done. I still think he needs work. He's still throwing a lot of floaters up as a quarterback. He's, uh, but he, it seems like he's, He's dialed down those big mistakes that are very uh, that cost the game. Uh, the defense has stepped up in a big way. 
I was thinking, I was hoping that in, in the way that I was hoping they would, uh, in the way that we thought they would be as 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 we in the way that we thought they would be coming into the season. Uh, they lost Chase Young, and they're they're playing great still. They're they're executing. So I think there there's a two game there's a two game gap between them and the Cowboys, but with the way the Cowboys have been playing, and pretty much it's pretty much the rest of the schedule is. The Dallas Cowboys versus the Washington football team versus the Eagles, just like, like on different weeks. They're just interchanging weeks. So, you know, it's it's not there. I, I don't think the Cowboys don't don't bet, put your money on the Cowboys to lock this thing up. And we got yeah. Mike McCarthy also, also, who's not going to be coaching this week against the Saints. So I could I could easily see an upset coming there too with Taysom Hill at quarterback. Yeah, so uh yeah, it's classic. Cowboys, you know, they they look good, thought thought they finally turned that corner. And you know they've 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 looked bad, you know, and um, lost some games. And I'm glad you talked about Taysom Hill. So I'm gonna actually do that. Um, I know they're switching back to Taysom Hill. I guess he's healthier now. But the Saints just look, have looked broken the past couple of weeks ever since Jason, uh, Jason, uh, and Jameis has been hurt. Uh, and it's kind of um, interesting, kind of like the Patriots last year. I think it just shows. When you have that quarterback, even if you have these genius head coaches, they need that good quarterback to go along with that. Because, you know, everyone last year was saying, you know, Belichick needed Brady and all this stuff. And now look at this year, you know, my next thing is actually about the Patriots. And you see, you know, Belichick's still a good coach. It's just he didn't have that quarterback. And that just shows that in the NFL, if you don't have, you know, a quarterback that you can depend on, it doesn't matter how well you coach them up, you know, you just don't have that. And I think the Saints just, you know, and the and injuries have come in, but they just don't look as creative on the offense. And I think the sputtering offense has affected their defense. So that's my take, you know, that just the Saints look broken. Um, Taysom might be able to do some things. But I mean, they're obviously not going to compete this year. So I think they, they should really look for um, next year and kind of figure out that quarterback position. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think if they want any hope for that for that team to have if they have if they, if there's any hope for that team to have success, they they need to have Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara back uh, healthy. They're they're the only two playmakers play, play, playmakers on that team. They have no receiving weapons. Adam Troutman was just coming onto the scene and then just got injured. You know, I I was really hoping to sneak him onto some teams, but unfortunately, uh, what happened to him? Uh, my next takeaway is that Joe Mixon has gone Super Saiyan. Uh, the the Bengals have completely gone 180 on what they were doing to open the year and they are running the hell out of the ball and if they know they can run it they're going to run it. and they're going to run it again this week against san diego because we know they're one of the worst run defenses in the league so expect joe mixon to continue right he joe mixon hasn't stopped running since they played pittsburgh they're he's still he's still running he's running laps around the stadium right now he's gonna run back in the stadium when the chargers come back come to play so, I mean, they're going to just – I mean, I have Jamar Chase in my team. I don't want them to run it so much. I, I need Justin Herbert to, to work. But also the Bengals' defense is playing really good, man. The Bengals' defense is playing – they're executing in the same sense, in the same manner as the Washington football team. Like, they don't have all the talent, but they're they're executing, and they're, they're playing well, and that's all you need to do as a defense. You need to execute. You don't need – to make the hero plays all the time, you just need to do your job and be a smart heads-up player. You know, the Broncos, they're executing. You know, those kinds of defenses, they're all playing their part, and they're helping the offenses sustain a safe offense 
and run the ball effectively, just like the Broncos are, just like they did with Antonio Gibson in Washington. Those kinds of teams can absolutely frazzle the other uh, other team's offense just because they're running the hell out of the ball, cause the other team to go into a panic, make horrible decisions. Uh, what's it called? Um, the uh, possession time. You know, it's all going to go to the team that's running the ball really well, doing these long, like, eight-minute, seven-minute drives, and the offense comes on, no momentum. They know they've been going three and out. They know but they've had, like, one or two first downs, no building no real momentum. So Joe Mixon, anyway, getting back to my point about Joe Mixon, he's doing amazing. I'm finally happy to see. I'm sad he wasn't – I'm sad it didn't happen on my when he was on my team last week, last year, but I'm glad that he's actually living up – to the standards that we all held him to when he first came into the league. It took him some time. Who knows? This might be the only year it happens. He might have one more year after this uh, of like top tier, like talent uh, before he starts to decline that running backs usually do in their later half or later portions of their careers. But uh, yeah, look for Joe Mixon to carry this team uh, as long as he's healthy to uh, a strong postseason showing. Yeah, definitely. I'm glad you said about the defense because before the year, they made some um, some signings. They got uh, Hendrickson, you know, defensive end, yes. good pass rusher. They got a couple other people on the back end, and I said I think their defense is going to be much improved. And some people were like, yeah, maybe a little bit, but their defense is playing really well. So I'm glad you're seeing that. And, yes, I also have Jamar Chase, so they are kind of, you know, it's hurting. It's hurting. But in my last take I kind of um, mentioned is the Patriots before the season. I just didn't think that they were going to be that good. Um, Matt Jones is by far the best rookie quarterback in this class so far. Um, he's playing great. He's making, you know, receivers that were minimal at best, you know, look, look great. And Kendrick Bourne, Nelson Aguilar, you know, um, he's making the right, right plays. They'll be able to run the ball. I mean, they're not only beating teams, they're beating them handedly. And, um, you know, they, they're competing with the bills for that division. So um, I will say I was wrong about the Pats, you know, um, it just seems like, Belichick's never going to go away. You know, they took that one year where they were, it was not even like they were bad. They were average. And, you know, they got the better quarterback. They moved on from Cam, got Mac. And, you know, they're, they're off and running. It looks like they have their quarterback of the future and they're just going to keep rolling. It seems like every, as every week goes by, a new piece of their offense like comes into maturation. You know, like we had Kendrick Bourne last week. We have, you know, Jacoby Myers has always been there. And then Joni Smith, Joni Smith started to get a little uh, work last week. Um, you know, and now they're starting to understand how to use Ramondre Stevenson and Damian Harris and Brandon Bolden all together as like a nice holistic uh, backfield. Uh, and Mac Jones is getting confidence with each week and their defense is playing outstanding. Uh, man, they're going to be a good. They get the, they get the bills this, this Monday night at home. The Patriots do. So it's going to be a fan. I cannot wait to watch that game. I'm going to watch every minute of that game. Um, and my third takeaway is that Jalen Waddle is a beautiful man. And I can't wait to watch him play football for the rest of my life. Hopefully I live and I, I don't make any stupid decisions to watch him play through his career. But man, man, we just saw the tip of the iceberg last week, dude. Finally, it's it happened against me. And I, it only happened against me is because the guy that played him against me dropped him, and we were drunk at a wedding like four or three weeks ago. And I was like, "Hey, man!" I was like, "You know the Dolphins love Jalen Waddle. I don't know why you dropped him." And he picked him up the next morning, and lo and behold, he went nuts. And I was even, <laughs> I was even mad about it. I was I was proud of myself, but I got 
crapped on. But man, Jalen Waddle is going to be so awesome. Awesome to watch, man. What he was doing, like him in the open field, him on a slant. Like he can do things that Odell Beckham would do when Odell Beckham was falling out, just running slant routes, just taking to the house. Like Jalen Waddle is going to be one of the most awesome players to watch. And I think last week was just his like real true breakout performance. And after this, I think they're gonna be like, all right, this guy's gonna this guy's gonna be the spear, uh, the, the sharp point of the spear for our team going forward. So let's all celebrate and revel in Jalen Waddle and him coming to fruition. And uh let's all enjoy this together as a big football family. Yeah, definitely. I you know, I really like Jalen Waddle and earlier in the year they used him some, but it seems like you know, last last week they really figured it out. And hopefully they can, you know, him and, and Tua can like keep growing together and, you know, that connection. So we did the reactions and I just wanted to mention this, you know, these running back injuries this year, because, you know, in especially in redraft for the, the drafts in the first round, people always go running back early. But we see, you know, with CMC played minimal games this year. Dalvin Cook's hurt again. Derrick Henry's been hurt. Alvin Kamara's been hurt. So my question to you is because of all these injuries and these kind of nagging injuries that, you know, stay with these running backs all season, is it not the way to go now to draft those running backs as early? Maybe wait, you know, till the second round to pick up, you know, some of the second tier running backs, or is this just kind of one of those years where there's just a lot of injuries? Uh, No, I'm not going to say it's one of those years, but I'm also going to still side with, the fact that you should be taking running backs over, especially these guys, the CMC, Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry, Alvin Kamara, over other positions because of first of all scarcity, uh, talent. I mean, you just got it. You 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 can. This season has showed us that you can. There's still so much wide receiver depth. Even tight end depth this year is deep. You know, like there's still guys that you can find this week on the waiver wire who are going to be who are going to suffice as legit starters. Uh, but. Yeah, I, I'm still going to go with running back in the first round. I'm not going to take a wide receiver. Like, what wide receiver would you take in the first round over any of these guys? Devontae Adams, uh, Cooper Cup, and Justin Jefferson. What else? I, I mean, mean yeah, I don't. Yeah, you're right. You, it's just, yeah. yeah, I mean, I guess you're right. I guess the the bigger question is, figuring out which running back to take. If you're going to take ones or ones early, um, Derek Henry. Patterson. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, if you go back, you know, you, you'd be doing well with that. Obviously, uh, Jonathan Taylor is just killing it. They're finally giving him the ball, you know, uh, enough. And he's just, and they're finally passing him the ball a little bit more. Um, so yeah, he's, he's been a, a stud too. So um, yeah, I, I, I think the, with CMC, I don't really know what how to really go with him moving forward because the last two years injury riddled. Um, just, I'm 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 avoiding CMC next year. I think he's done. I, I think yeah, it's just his body just done. isn't taking it, and yeah, it, it, it's yeah, he got ridden way too hard early in his career. They sapped the life out of him. He's just done, dude. I, I don't think he's gonna have anything. I think he's gonna be a bust next year. Um, and I I really won't have any problem. Uh, I'm not gonna take him. I'm not gonna take Dalvin Cook. I take Henry over all of them. Uh, Jonathan Taylor will be the one hundred and one. But I mean, we'll also like. Okay, also there's this too, though. I'm saying take running backs in the first round, but we're also be, we're also supposed supposed to be getting a, a really good crop of uh, running backs next year in the rookie uh, in the in the draft, aren't we? 
or don't we have like a solid group a group of guys? We got a dude. Why can't I think of it? We can't think of any of your names right now. Um, well, there's a Bijan. double. Well, that's in 23. So that's in that's 23. Years. Okay, yeah. so who do we have in 2020, 2022? Um, yeah, we just um, there's a couple, there's a couple of really good ones. Um, but I don't know if they're like elite. There's Brees Hall for Iowa State, who's yeah. got you know kind of good mitts of uh, of um. Talents, and then there's uh, Isaiah Spiller out of Texas A&M. He's a very big, speedy back. Um, what I about Haskins out of Michigan? Is, is Haskins going to declare out of Michigan? Is he going to play? I, I think he is. I think he's going to declare. He might not be, a, you know, one of those top end bats, but I think if you get him round round four or five in the NFL, I think he's going to be one of those guys that really he might be the second back, you know, in your two back platoon. But yeah, you know, and we'll just get into the college stuff now. Um, yeah, he just he just showed that he's a monster, you know, that, you know, in the snow in that end of that game, he had five touchdowns and he just he always runs through tackles. Um, he always makes those crazy hurdles like he did in that play, you know, and just keeps running. He's he's not. And the funny thing is they had him at linebacker when he first got to Michigan and then they moved him to running back and he's just gotten better every every year. And it's just like there's certain there's certain players that might not have the talent coming into college, and he's one of those guys that just has gotten better. And um, running back wise, in 2023, there's it's it's very deep. So um, wow. there's a lot of running backs there. And I think this year there's um, a couple that are under the radar with um, Kenneth Walker out of Michigan State. He's ran for a lot of yards this year um, out of Notre Dame. Kyron Williams, he's a nice um, pass catcher, and he's a better runner uh, through the tackles this year. Um, and he's a great pass blocker. So um, there are some running backs, but not as nearly as elite as 2023. Because so I've seen in a lot of my dynasty leagues, people are already trading for those 23 picks, even second and third rounders, because it's, you know, at least it looks like a very deep draft. Um, who knows what happens? But I know um, a lot are doing that. So just, uh, um, and your question, um, you talked about CJ Stroud. Yeah. So I want, um, my opinion on him is, he started off very shaky in the year. You know, his um, this is his first year starting, um, but he's gotten better every year. I mean, every year, every game. I think he's very good. I think it's interesting because he really doesn't like to run the ball. Um, and even though I think Michigan did a good job against Ohio State, kind of limiting the big plays, he still almost, you know, almost had 400 yards. And he's able to, you know, find those receivers. And at Ohio State, they have those. Uh, great receiver. So he's going to always have that, even with the receivers leaving after this year with Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson, they still have um, a lot of good um, good receivers that he'll have. And it seems like he keeps on getting better and reading defenses better. And they've said, you know, he's, he's a very accurate passer and I think he'll get better. I don't know um, where he'll really look NFL wise, but I mean, um, another year getting better. I think, you know, he'll definitely um, put up the stats and probably be in, in talks to be, you know, um, a day one or day two guy whenever he comes out. What do you think of, I can't say his name, number 11 on Ohio State, uh, Jackson Smith in, in Jigba. Jigba? Yeah. yeah, he is really good. He is very good. This, this guy has got some quick t- twitch uh, stuff yeah. going on, man. They, uh, he's not he's not going to be in the, in, the, in the draft class next year, is he? So yeah, he, I think he cuz he's a sophomore so he could be a 2023 guy. But yeah, he okay. the, even the receivers at Ohio State, Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson as I just mentioned who are I mean, I would think coming out this year, 
um, in the 2022 draft. Um, they've even said he has the possibility to be better than them. You know, he's had huge games when um, either of them have missed. And even when all three of them play, he's had huge games to get him the ball. And then he just, um, he's great after the catch, you know, and everything. So yeah, he's definitely a very good player that to kind of be looking at, um, you know, if in dynasty or Debbie, uh, you know, a Debbie formats. Great, great, great. Was he, was he injured two years ago? Like, did he not get much playing time two years ago? Uh, uh, not he, like last year. Wasn't he? Yeah, injured, he, like, didn't last get year much, he didn't get much playing time last year. Um, I think it's just, he was a freshman, you know, and yeah. they had other receivers and everything, but he had like one really good touchdown catch. Um, if I remember correctly, but yeah, he didn't play that much. And that's just, that's just kind of the crazy thing about college. Sometimes, you know, on these good teams, they, these, these talented freshmen just don't play. And then they, they just totally break out their second year. So, um, and I know analytics, they want, you know, a breakout either in their freshman or sophomore year. So he's right. doing that in his sophomore year. So he's doing a great job there. And I don't know if you've really seen there's um, this, this past week has been big on news, you know, coaches moving around, all these yeah. players are jumping into the transfer portal. Um, so I just want to give my kind of like opinion on that and see if you, you know, have any opinions that seems now college coaches, you know, cause you look um, Lincoln Riley left Oklahoma for USC, Oklahoma's, you know, a great job. And Brian Kelly's leaving Notre Dame for LSU. So the times of coaches at these big time schools just staying forever is right. it just doesn't seem like it's going to happen anymore. There's always, you know, going to jump ship and same thing with these transfer, uh, the transfer portal, um, there's tons of players that, that are leaving. And I think this year is just the, the, the start of it. I'm a lot of great players. Um, Jameer Gibbs, Zach Evans, great running backs. They'll be, um, in the 2023, uh, draft. Um, they're, they're, you know, open to move to a better team. And, uh, you know, Spencer Rattler, who you've uh, complained about, you know, your oh, first, shit, I don't want to talk about it's my first, <laughs> but he, he's moving on. So we'll see where he goes, but yeah. So in college, it, like um, for Jameer Gibbs, I think he's did did enough at a average or below average team in Georgia Tech. Yeah. But even that, you know, their offense is sputtered because they don't have a quarterback. So he no. just wants to go to a team that he can show off his skills better. So I think um, for coaches and for teams in college, you have to do a lot to keep make these players happy now. And I think it's just going to change the the landscape because these players, um, they as of right now, they get one transfer where they don't have to set out. So, you know, it's a it's a real, real crazy thing. And, um, you know, college football is kind of winding down. Conference championships are this week and then the college playoff will be set. So uh, it's very exciting time in in college. And then, you know, then now we can, uh, you know, after this next week, we can start uh, really focusing on on the NFL because, um, you know, there's the bowl games, but um, not as not as much going on. Right. Yeah. And I, I'm really excited to see where Jameer Gibbs ends up. He's, he's, I think my favorite running back going into the 2023 class. Uh, I, I was hoping he'd enter. I, I was hoping he'd go into this year and just declare super early, but uh, what, what watching him makes me so excited. I mean, he's the, one of the most elusive runners I've seen in a long time. Really excited to see where he ends up. Um, okay, cool. Well, uh, Oh, can I ask you one more thing about college football? Sure. You're 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 gonna be you're gonna be you're gonna be my own personal Debbie analyst right now. I don't care about anybody watching <laughs> okay. this show. What hap- is there anybody coming out of Clemson that we need to be con- that we we need to be concerned about? Any talent coming out of Clemson, or is that just completely void of everything? Like they have nothing to offer to, to the NFL this year. 
So the only one that I can really think of is um, Justin Ross. He's a wide receiver. He was very good his freshman, and I, I think most of his sophomore year, he had a very bad back and neck injury that he didn't play football for a year, and some people didn't think he would ever play again. He came back this year. That whole Clemson team was kind of a mess. He's coming out in the NFL draft, but he's probably going to be a later pick, I would think fourth or fifth rounder, but mostly because um, – of his he's, his medical issues are always going to be an issue, you know, uh, a thing for NFL teams. And he's one of those receivers that just does not seem to create separation. And we've seen the NFL is moving away from those big those big guys that, you know, catch the jump balls. And you see more of the Jalen Waddles where you get him in space and he can, like, beat, beat defenders and everything. Um, seeing definitely that, that kind of change. So it'll be interesting with him with if his medical evaluation – and how teams really look at him since, you know, he, as a freshman, he was, you know, everyone was loving him. He was great with Trevor Lawrence. And then with the injury in this past year, a lot of people are down on him. But, yeah, Clemson doesn't nearly have, you know, the um, influx of players to the NFL that they have the past couple of years. Okay. Thank you, sir. Okay. And to, to close out the show, we're going to talk about some uh, fun uh, free agent landing spots. So, um I'll go first, um, and probably the Buccaneers won't allow this to happen, but with Chris Godwin, I was hoping he was going to leave last year, but I think um, uh, one place that would be really fun and interesting for him, even though I don't like the Patriots, would be the Patriots. I think that would give Matt Jones, you know, that go-to receiver that you could kind of just throw that ball up to, and I just think Chris Godwin is like, uh, seems kind of like a Patriots guy, he doesn't seem like a me guy. He'll he'll block. He'll catch short passes. He'll catch deep passes. Um, he's not like you know really a diva from what I what I've seen on the field. And I think he'd be a team guy. And um, I just think that would be a good fit. Chris Godwin is definitely like a Jacoby Myers deluxe. Like, and yes. I'm not even like trying to tarnish like either name, but like I'm just saying like Chris Godwin can. Is he's more in that Jacoby Myers role, but like so much more athletic and just just better. Yeah, I, I think that'd be a great fit. I think I and I, I honestly like with these suggestions, I didn't have. I wasn't really having fantasy in mind, but I think it just something just something where it would be good to watch these players. It would make it more aesthetically pleasing. It would make the offenses move just way better. Um, so my first my first pick would be Mike Gesicki to the Bucks. With Rob Gronkowski uh, on his one-year contract, his renewed contract, O.J. Howard set to become a free agent next year. Uh, I'm not really worried about O.J. Howard. We, we know what he's relegated to in that offense. He's not a pass catcher, which is sad to me. And O.J. Howard, in his own right, will be a fascinating uh, name to watch to see where he ends up in free agency if he leaves. But I think Mike Gusecki in that offense can prove to be that tight end but also a wide receiver because I don't know if they're going to keep Antonio Brown around after this year. Um, that's yet to be seen, but either way, Mike Gusecki with Tom Brady, you know, I think, I think they can make another solid, solid push to the Super Bowl with Mike Gusecki. He'd be a very integral part, especially if Chris Godwin leaves to, to say to, to a team like the Patriots, Gusecki can come in and just fill in for and take up, take up so many receptions. It would just be a feast for Mike Gusecki. Um, I think He's one of the more valuable tight end tight ends in dynasty football right now, for sure. Yeah, that's definitely a, a good call 
on him. And I would like to see him go to a team where he could get those consistent targets just because it doesn't seem like, you know, one week he'll have, you know, like five or six catches and then next week he might have one. So the next guy I have is Marcus Mariota. Um, I, I kept on thinking he was going to leave um, the, the Raiders, but, you know, they brought him back. And I think he would be really interesting if he went to the Saints. So a lot of the things they like to do with Taysom Hill, you know, r- run the ball with him and, you know, do some read options and everything like that. But he's a better passer. You know, he's more elusive where Taysom's more the he's just going to bowl you over. So they could still use Taysom Hill at tight end, could use him at running back, could bring him in on goal line, but have Marcus Mariota there. And I think uh, after, you know, being cut or not cut, leaving the Titans, um, I think he's he um, in, sh- in his short time, you know, being starter when uh, Derek Carr's been hurt, he's looked impressive. And I think um, Sean Payton could really use Marcus Mariota and kind of open up that offense again and make it exciting. You know how uh, Payton loves, you know, his, his uh, offensive weapons and his toys he can play around with. And I think he could do so much with Marcus Mariota, and that could be um, a way he could revive his career. Yeah, I, I, I was hoping Marcus Mariota, honestly, um, some if I, I was hoping that the Colts would have stolen him away before signing Carson Wentz, and I, I was hoping he would have ended up on the Colts this year. I think he'd be so much more better in that offense. And But, I, I mean, they don't really run an RPO offense, and John, I don't know if John – it would have been great with Jonathan Taylor. I mean, that would have been beautiful, and, you know, he's a serviceable uh, – um, quarterback, uh, a passer. So uh, my, my third one, or oh my second one, uh, my second one would be uh, Chase Edmonds to the Buffalo Bills. Um, the Buffalo Bills, I don't think, are really overly concerned with having a early down runner grinder, as nice as it would be to have. I don't think the cards are on the table. There, I don't. Th- there's nothing that seems to fall in line as far as you know draft picks or you know. There's no talent really out there. Not not it's coming their way. So I think for them, so what they're doing right now, they have Zach Moss, right? Zach Moss is the bigger back. He's the bigger back of the two of the between him and Devin Singletary. Um, he's got a good skill set, but he's fallen out of favor there in the past few weeks. Um, he's the bruiser back, and then you got Devin Singletary, who understands the position really well, but is athletically he lacks athletic athletically. And enter Matt Breida who's kind of like this little medium between the two where he's got the athleticism, but he's up there in age, but they really like what he can do because they're more of a creative offense. They're not, they don't want to be as predictable right when they have the running back on the field. I think Chase Edmonds coming over there can do what Matt Breida does, not use him, you know, not run him into the ground because we know Chase Edmonds can't hold up in that kind of way, but they can also use him as a, uh, another pass catching option. So I think Chase Edmonds to the Bills would be an outstanding fit. Um, if he did go to the Bills, I think he would be overdrafted so quickly. <laughs> so I kind of don't want to see him go to the Bills because I want him on my team. But yeah, um, it's going to be interesting in that in that same breath. It's going to be interesting to see what the uh, Cardinals do with their running back, uh, with, their, with their backfield, because James Conner will be a free agent after this year as well. So that's my second pick. Yeah, I love that because I just love Chase Edmonds' um, skill set, albeit that he can't probably be a three-down back, but I don't think he gets enough credit running, you know, being able to run the ball between the tackles occasionally. And he's just so explosive, and, you know, he can catch the ball out of the backfield. I'm glad you said the Cardinals too 
because I'm just going to mention um, briefly, a lot of people in Debbie are hoping that the Cardinals will draft a running back like Isaiah Spiller or Bruce Hall because they could, you know, um, that seems like a really good spot. Um, Cliff Kingsbury, for all of his, you know, run and shoot everything, he still likes to run the ball, as we've seen with James Conner and the last year, Kenyon Drake. So that's um, a good call on that. And my last one um, is Mo Ali Cox for the Colts right now. I just want him to be unleashed on a, you know, some team to unleash him. We've seen, uh, we've seen flashes. He's so athletic. He's a former basketball player and he's been great. And I said to go to the Jets because the Jets really haven't been able to find that, that, you know, real tight end. They tried it with Chris Herndon forever and it hasn't happened. And I think with the um, Zach Wilson at BYU, they, he used the tight end quite a bit. Mm -hmm. I think he could really use that middle of the field type guy, uh, Moa Cox is a great blocker too, and he's a big body, and you know he could be a huge red zone target. And if he went to a team where he could start um, week in and week out, I think he could be you know back end tight end one, you know top tight end two um, next year. So I would be really interested if he could go to a team like the Jets, where they're like building with young pieces. I love Mo Ali Cox, but I you know actually I think it would be good go, for him to go there because I really want um, Kenny Yaboa over there to develop. I know the Jets like him. Uh, he came, he went to Ole Miss. Um, and did he go to Ole Miss? Was he Ole Miss? I'm pretty sure he was Ole Miss. Yeah, he was yeah, Ole he Miss. Was Ole, he was Ole Miss. Yeah, and, uh, you know, he only played one or two years. He, he started out as a wide receiver, didn't work out too well, and then he transferred to tight end. And he's raw, um, but, I mean, he's got he's got the athleticism. He played well. He had the, he had really solid production, really great production. It's As we know, it's very, very um, – complex position to learn so i think mo Ali cox over there would be great for zach uh for zach wilson zach wilson i believe through uh last year before he before he came to the nfl he threw 12 touchdowns to the tight end for to one tight end i believe so i and i think that was the highest amount of touchdowns he threw to any receiving position on that team uh anyways uh my third uh option would be alan robbins alan robinson to the dolphins uh, i think Alongside, I think Al Robinson at this point in his career, he's, he's more of a possession receiver. I think you know he's he's still an amazing receiver. I'm not saying he is solely a possession receiver, but I think next to Jalen Waddle, he would he would be perfect next to Jalen Waddle. I think he and Jalen Waddle could create great music together. I think he could thrive and he could he could easily put up another thousand yard uh, season over there. Um, they have kind of redundant assets over there. They have the only piece that actually is not like they have Will Fuller and Jalen Waddle and they have uh, Isaiah Ford. I think Isaiah Ford's over there. Is that, he might even get his name right. It's just, they have like a bunch of those kinds of small, quick guys. They need a big, solid, strong stud wide receiver to go play for them. And Tua would just love that guy, dude. You know, that, that guy, he would, Tua would throw it to him all day. Like him and Jalen would be going off against the NF, uh, AFC, uh, AFC East. So I think, uh, yeah, Allen Robinson, to the Dolphins would be amazing. Uh, he could have like kind of like eh, now I was gonna say he could have like a Brandon Marshall year the way Brandon Marshall had when he went to, to the Dolphins, but that was with a horrible quarterback. But Al Robinson, yeah, Al Robinson to the Dolphins, solid, solid place for him to go among other places. But I think that's one one great place for him to go. Yeah, I would love for Allen Robinson to get out of Chicago just because you know I think it he's just ready to move on and get a. Um, better situation. So I hope that for him. And I still think he has, you know, a couple years of, of good play left, maybe not elite, 
But in the right situation, I I would actually love that because I think they would open up the field for Jalen Waddle, improve um, Tua, you know, because he could have that possession receiver. So I think that is great. So that um, does it for this week's show. Um, I'm so glad we're back together. So, um, yeah, so that's that's it for episode 17, and we'll see everyone next week. Bye, guys.